0: Last week, our interview with Tommy Robinson caught a lot of your attention. Ultimately, we were discussing the issues that we're having both here in the United States and with him in the UK regarding illegal migrants sexually assaulting both girls and women. And ultimately, a lot of you guys were were pretty disturbed by these facts. Ultimately, this led to somebody flagging an article that came out in December that I wanna bring to your attention. This one comes from Wendy Mahoney and it's in the Freedom Forever uh, outlet ultimately she's detailing how during a a gang rape trial in 2020 a 15 year old girl uh was the victim in all of this ultimately there's a psychiatrist who is testifying and expressing what comes off as potentially sympathy for these migrants who are sexually assaulting girls and i'll say the word the word is rape okay i'm not gonna dance around that and ultimately this psychiatrist is saying that these migrants might be doing this out of frustration. A lot of them are stressed out. And it was just so jaw-dropping. Ultimately, it says that this is like an anger thing for them. And that might be one of the root causes to all of this. Now, I want to bring in Wendy Mahoney. She is an independent journalist. She is the one who wrote this article. And I'm going to have her break down what happened during this trial and why the psychiatrist ultimately what it seems like is showing empathy for the rapist through the testimony that she had given. So please welcome in independent journalist, Wendy Mahoney. Wendy, again, you are so great with your reporting. I love all the stories you release because you're not afraid to go where most journalists don't want to go. And this, I'm so glad you flagged this for me because the the testimony itself was a little off. It sounds like the psychiatrist is trying to be empathetic for the rapist. And uh, that to me is quite disturbing. I wanna hear what you thought of the testimony in itself and give us some background on all of this, just to make sure we're not kind of taking this out of context. Yeah,
1: well, I think this happened a while ago, I think in 2020. Mm-hmm. And, and as you and I were talking about prior to this broadcast, uh, Europe does have a tremendous problem with uh these immigrant populations particularly from populations immigrant populations that are different from the one you know from western viewpoints or just the cultural viewpoints are so different that it makes it very hard for them to assimilate or integrate uh into the prevailing culture and in fact in in many cases it's starting to flip i mean you you have so many uh, Muslims, you know, peoples of other cultures coming into Great Britain, London, you know, I mean, it, they're pretty much taking over. And so there, there's kind of, I think, what what really happened here is I think the psychiatrist was trying to explain the reasons for the behavior for, for raping the girl and saying that, you know, basically out of anger and frustration from being marginalized, et cetera now that's that is a valid viewpoint, however, um, what what I think is really happening is that we're looking at things uh, the the lens through which we see these kinds of, of issues and these kinds of verdicts and outcomes is one of social justice and and it's it's kind of pushing us in the direction of excusing behavior because What you really wanna look at is the outcome and what the judge decided given what he heard in the courtroom. And I think it was nine out of 10 of the the guys were not given any time. And I don't even think, I think they're they're still litigating all of this as we speak. So that's really more the issue is that it's making it harder and harder for people to discern the difference between somebody was raped, it's a crime, it should be adjudicated that way, but instead we're looking at it through the lens of, you know, we need to be kind to people we're integrating into our culture. We need to make room for other ways of being. Well, I mean, does do these other ways of being include raping young girls? I think not. But and, and any rational person person would be able to talk about it that way. And in fact, the public outrage from these incidents and these are not just isolated. I mean, there are many, you know, in Sweden. I mean, it's it's all over Europe, France. A lot of times they don't get the press that this one did. Um, it, you know, it, it the it's it's just very difficult to have a discussion that's rational about it. And that's the unfortunate thing. It, it, it shouldn't be difficult to see that, uh, that a young man should be punished for doing something like this.
0: Yeah, and, and Wendy, absolutely, absolutely. And Wendy, in your article, I kind of, you know, I don't want to make light of what happened to this young woman because it's heartbreaking. It says that, well, you wrote uh, that she was attacked, raped, robbed over a three hour span of time by this gang of young men. And then and ultimately we- during the trial, these defendants didn't even utter a word of regret. These aren't people that I want in my country. I can't imagine in any other country we wanting th- another country wanting them in there. Uh, this is disturbing. It's disgusting. But we see it here in the United States. You know, I was just reading an article last week up in Boston. There was a Haitian illegal migrant who was sent to Boston. And he uh, raped a handicapped person. They won't even tell you whether it was male or female. And ultimately, we're seeing this everywhere. I mean, I remember when we took in all of those Afghan um, refugees after we fled Afghanistan, there were several sexual assaults that took place. Even one member of our military was assaulted by a migrant while on base. And so ultimately, it's a head scratcher. Do you think, just based on your research that you've done, do you think that This is something that we could coexist. We could have these people living in our country, or do you think that we just really can't let them into our country just based on what what their their inability to empathize with women and to understand that women are not in the Western world are not. as they would describe them whores. I mean, that's ultimately what they do detail them on in multiple cases that they detail Western woman as whores. And just to say it like it is, can we, like, can we live with these people in our country? Because ultimately I'm, I'm fearful for my life and my sister's lives when it comes to this. And I don't want us to live like this. I mean, it's a, it's a really difficult question yeah. because
1: we are known as a country that in, embraces immigrants you know, we're built on, you know, that's the excuse you'll hear that, you know, our, our country is, is in a country that it has welcomed immigrants and, and they're the foundation of our, of, of our culture and, and of our workforce and, and, and you name it. But the difference is that, that these cultural and religious mores are very, very different from Western mores. And, they, it, it's based on the assumption that the people who come here want what our culture offers, and it still is predominantly a Christian culture here in the U.S. I mean, even some of the, you know, Mexican, you know, the people south of the border who are coming in, you know, they do share that Christian that Christian belief system. And, and that's meaningful. And I'm not saying that we shouldn't be tolerant of other religious beliefs, but when it starts to become a full kind of fabric of cultural mores, in addition to religious mores, that kind of wanders into these questions of how to handle them in the judicial system. And I see it, I mean, we see it here in the US and it's it's a huge concern and, and, and no, I, I don't want people here who basically don't want to adopt the things that are important to most Americans. I, I don't. I I, it, I don't. I I think there's plenty of room in the world for you to have those belief systems and live in those places where those things are more commonly, held, you know, are a, co- a common thread in your belief belief system.
0: Yeah, yeah. Wendy, when you, you actually worded that perfectly because. Ultimately, you know, Tommy Robinson has been warning us for quite some time now and saying, you know the United States, like you said, you're getting Christians and Catholics. you you aren't getting what we're getting in the UK. and so it's it's very different and, and he's constantly speaking to sexual assault victims in the UK. And local law enforcement doesn't want to talk about it or prosecute these individuals because, again, they're acting out of fear rather than defending the, their their people, their their brothers and sisters, and everyone else who's getting assaulted by these individuals. Because ultimately, also, it's not just women who are being assaulted. We have seen other instances where it's young men, and young boys, and so it's deeply concerning and something that I'm uh, hyper focused on these days because I don't think it gets enough attention. But Wendy, I want to jump into another story that took place and. You know, you and I, we we both do cover January six uh, defendants. We did, do cover their stories quite often, and so this story that I saw this morning really got under my skin. I spoke earlier about how the J six committee deleted uh, whether it was depositions, interviews. It was over a hundred of them were deleted before House Republicans took over the majority, and so. You know, uh, Congressman Matt Loudermilk is saying, Barry Loudermilk is saying, yeah, we were able to get some of it back, but it is password protected. And so we do need passwords from these Democrats. It's disturbing, Wendy. You and I, we literally talk to J6 defendants all the time. What's your take on this? Because I'm upset that a lot of these innocent Americans, potentially evidence that could have been presented during their trial was withheld from them. And then they went above and beyond the committee and deleted it. What's your take on that?
1: It's it's beyond disturbing. I, I, I don't I don't even know how to grasp how how much it seems these people are hiding, how much control they have over the information that Americans see, the ways that they hide information. You know, they know how to work the system so that we can't get all the information we need. I mean, that J6, a true timeline movie that we just put out, I just put out. You know, help put out on Open is important for that reason because it we're starving for unvarnished, uneditorialized information. We're starving for truthful information. We're starving for the kind of information that you can see and hear for yourself and make up your own mind from from what you what you're looking at. And if we can't even look at it, and 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 the guardrails are there are so many of them. I mean, Google, Google has its own algorithms that block people, Americans from seeing information. You know, we've got actual people in Congress who are blocking us from seeing, I mean, who who the heck do they think they are? I mean, they, they're elected by us and they're acting like a bunch of you know freaking kings and queens over there in in DC and and just making it impossible for Americans to decipher what's true what isn't true what's real i mean it's part of the reason we're in such conflict with each other
0: yeah yeah no, Wendy, I agree. And especially when people are posing as Republicans, you know, Liz Cheney and others, and they're pretending like they're they're making this a non-political issue when it came to the J6 committee. It was very political for them. And so I find it deeply concerning. Uh, Wendy, how do we resolve what's going on right now with these January 6th defendants? Because, you know, we, we often talk about solutions on this show. How do we help save these Americans who have been persecuted by our federal government and get make help them get even because this is not this is not okay what's happening to them.
1: Unfortunately, I think the only way that we we still have available to us is to make this more obviously obvious to more people. Mm-hmm. I think once you reach a critical critical mass where more and more Americans in real life not on social media but in real life understand what's going on with our justice department with members of congress on both sides i think we're still suffering from many many people who really don't get it they it it is painful it and the cognitive dissonance is so real i mean i can just give the example of my own husband who you know, reads the Wall Street Journal, he's a conservative guy. But when I try to tell him about things like this, he said, oh, that can't be true, that, you know, he he argues with me about it. And he knows I'm not a liar. He he knows that, I'm, but it it's very difficult and painful to look at this stuff. But I think through conversation in real life, we do have to do more of that because not everybody is on social media and social media is kind of a mess anyway. And so I think if we can have these conversations with each other in real life and kind of pose questions and, and be you know, ask people, you know, maybe, maybe you'd like to look at this or be a little bit more curious about that, you know, sharing those kinds of things will help a lot, I believe. And I think the American people are more and more ready to listen. They're, enough is kind of breaking through the noise of of the media legacy media and the the powers that be that i'm hoping that you know everyday americans can begin to put together the pieces a little bit more
0: yeah yeah i hope so too and i think with the work that you're doing as an independent journalist it's really helping opening up that discussion that we need to all have um because let's be honest there's there's a lot of americans that don't know what happened on january 6th and although we have our suspicions We need to be able to have these discussions without them getting upset or just completely dismissive about it Uh, because the evidence is mounting. And thankfully, we have people like Congressman Barry Loudermilk who aren't afraid to push and to figure out what happened that day. And so we will continue to push back and to uncover everything. Wendy Mahoney, thank you for joining me. Thank you for all the work that you do. We greatly appreciate it everyone, I'm getting ready to head out right now. But before I go, I always have to put on some deodorant. And I used to look all the time for the best deodorant. I couldn't find it on the shelves at all, until our good friends over at Give a Derm came out with a brand new deodorant. This one's called Pits Me Off. It's incredible. Watch this, it's super easy. Ta-da. And that's all you need. And it dries super quick. Obviously I'm wearing black. There's no white residue leftover. It's a natural deodorant. It's made right here in the USA. There's none of those Chinese harmful chemicals also included in it. It's giveaderm.com. And then use the promo code Brianna for 10% off. You gotta try it. I wanna let our audience in on a little secret. I'm saving hundreds of dollars each year after switching over both of my lines to Patriot Mobile. Yes, so now my business and personal line are with Patriot Mobile. Now Patriot Mobile uses the same towers that you're probably already using now, except it's less expensive. So my 5G towers that I love to use my old provider, I'm still using them now. I'm just paying significantly less money to do so. And on top of it all, Patriot Mobile believes in the same things you and I believe in. They have the same morals. So they donate to causes that are like pro-life causes, veteran causes, and even the NRA. It's incredible. So I highly recommend you head over to PatriotMobile.com right now. Take a look at their plans and sign up. And today, if you sign up and use promo code Brianna, they're going to waive the activation fee. Yes, you heard it right. They're going to waive the activation fee. Just make sure you use promo code Brianna, B-R-E-A-N-N-A. As I've said it once before, so I'm going to say it again. Under the Biden regime, I've never been more worried about my financial future. I called my good friend, Dr. Kirk Elliott, because I wanted to come up with a plan, put in place to make sure I was secure, and he came up with a plan for me to invest in silver. I'm rich. I've got my silver. I'm feeling so much better about my future. I highly recommend you give him a call and just chat with his team. 720-605-3900. And you could also head over to his website if you'd like to schedule an appointment. It's PhD.com slash Brianna. And if you enjoyed that segment, make sure you hit that like button. And if you want to see the news before it becomes the news, you have to subscribe to our channel. And well, if you have a liberal friend that you're looking to save, make sure you share this content with them.